I just think right now, women, especially in business, this is the year of women. I just know that. Life begins at 150 grand a year. Life gets better at 250, and life gets real good at 500. Nobody can tell me differently on it. When you start teaching something, I feel like that's when you start to master the actual art of it. You and I, when we publish a book, we can go toe-to-toe with any of the New York trade publishers, any of the big-time authors, and we get to compete in that marketplace and then let the market decide whether our stuff is good. People forget sometimes as an entrepreneur, the whole damn point of entrepreneurship is to make money. And now here is The Win with your hostess, serial entrepreneur, marketeer, and chief sexy boss. Heather Havenwood. Have you ever wanted to stop the nine to five grind and start your own company? Do you want to have more control of your income and your time? Then now is that moment to start and grow a successful business. As a female entrepreneur, I have succeeded. I have bit the dust. I have bounced back to growth and prosperity. But this would not have been possible without first taking the leap and owning my own business. But I didn't do it alone. I hired my first business coach 13 years ago. And now I help small businesses, solo practitioners, and professionals double their income and triple their time off. So let me help you too. My gift to you today is a free one-on-one strategy session. So go to coachwithheather.com, coachwithheather.com. And let me help you double your income and triple your time off. Hi, everyone. My name is Heather Havenwood. I am super excited to um, have a very interesting interview today with Brandon Beliso. So be ready for some really cool stuff. Brandon, are you there from San Francisco? Yes, I'm here. I'm here, Heather. Grateful to be here. We've been talking in the green room here, and I'm going to be interested in you who he is in just a second. But he's got some interesting philosophies on life and uh, on his clothing before I show you who he is on the camera and what he wears and why he wears it. And of course, I just asked Mike what the hat was. It's like, it's cold. So it was the only thing that he has that doesn't have a particular philosophy other than it's just cold. Um, so I'm, I'm really interested in your story, Brandon. And before I, I introduce who you are from a bio perspective, um, I kind of just want to get a feeling from you. Who, do, who would you say you are? I would say I'm a person in this world who's trying to make a difference, uh, who's trying to lead by example, um, who's very transparent. I mean, uh, there's nothing about me that I hide. I think living in the shadows creates a lot of pain, creates a lot of deceit and suffering. And for me, I want to stay in the light as much as possible. Mm, Love that. Okay. I love that. Okay. So a couple of things we were talking in the green room about, and I'm going to go ahead and just right now to set the stage of who you are. So Brandon Beliso, and you can find his website at BrandonBeliso.com. Brandon, BrandonBeliso.com. B-R-A-N-N-O-N. Yeah. Okay. BrandonBeliso.com. He's dedicated to helping people live their best lives. His passion is to help people and businesses reach their full potential through defining their values, developing their culture and building their brand, creating leadership by example and fulfilling their purpose. Brandon's purpose is to always, always be a student and never a master. He devotes his life to being a better martial artist, mentor, teacher, speaker, writer, motivator, inventor, inventor of personal development, life skills, education, martial arts-based programs. And you humbly present workshops and seminars. So 
let's talk about you. You said you're wearing black today. If you're not, if you're in the podcast and you're in a radio, you're listening, you can't see. Tell me why you said you are wearing black. Uh, well, my wife would tell you because I have no fashion sense, none whatsoever, but it's just really when I wake up in the morning, I want to make sure I at least match. So if everything's black, no matter what I grab, no matter what I put on, I'm at least halfway in the game, you know, just halfway. And, and I just always thought it was cool. Johnny Cash wore black and, and I just, I think black's cool. It's my favorite color. Okay. Got it. Well, I love the philosophy. You said something in the green room about, you didn't want to think about it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think that's more interesting to me because I think as entrepreneurs, our brains going creatively on a thousand miles an hour. And if there's like one thing you could just like, okay, I have to think about that, you know? Well, you know, Heather, I, I saw that with, um, I'm nowhere near this, but you think about someone like an Einstein. I read that he had 22 sets of the same clothing, so he didn't have to think about that. One less thing to think about so he could focus on being creative. So anything I can do to eliminate the distractions, allowing myself to be more creative and focus on what I want to focus on so it expands, then as an entrepreneur, I, I really think something as simple as clothing, getting that off the table because it's such an everyday thing, right? Right. I want to go down this road a little, if you don't mind, because this is Absolutely. fascinating to me. So there have been times in my life that I've had to have a uniform, you know, for work, um, whatever that was. Restaurant, I was in the restaurant business many times. Uh, one time I was in the telecom business, whatever. We had, a, we had a, a uniform, you know, and I actually liked it. I liked it because I, I mean, I focus on my hair, my makeup or whatever and looks good, but like, I didn't have to focus on this other thing. I mean, I always made it look good, you know, but it did, it did kind of relieve this anxiety, right? You know, and then it also gave me the opportunity inside of the context of the job to say, well, I look like everybody else from the context of the clothing, but how I assert myself, my energy is different. So it gave me this opportunity to like really shift certain things, communication, tonality, uh, energy towards something. I think there's a lot to be said for just having a uniform. I agree. I mean, you think of any professional sports team or organization, yeah. imagine everybody showed up to the game wearing whatever, what they wanted. So like in our businesses that I have, we do wear uniforms, you know, martial arts uniforms, things of that nature. Cause I think it promotes your brand, you know, and your brand is really important. You walk into an Apple store, everybody's got on, you know, an Apple t-shirt. So yeah, it makes you feel like part of the team. And I, I think it promotes that, which allows you to get to the good stuff. You know, I, yeah, I, I, agree. I just, I've never, I, I've always enjoyed it, but never really thought it through from a creativity perspective. Mm -hmm. And as I'm thinking this with you in this kind of co-creation space is like, I'm thinking of the uh, band Kiss. Yes. They have a uniform. They do. You know, they it's do. a very specific uniform, but it's a uniform. Yeah. But they're all unique in their facial paint. Right. One was the cat. One was the kabuki looking guy. One was the clown with the star, Paul Stanley. So I get that. But you're right. They all wore the basic high heel black leather type vibe. And they look like a band. They look like a team. Yeah, so, I like agree. Team. And it gave them probably the creativity to step into this new role, you know, because I'm sure behind the scenes at home as fathers and cousins and, you know, sons and whatnot, they were probably very different. But being on stage and in this uniform or costume, basically, you kind of, they probably, if I was talking to them right now, step into this new role. Do you feel the same way in your, I'm going to use the word costume just for the sake of conversation or uniform, uh, martial arts? Do you think that that 
that kind of mindset comes from your martial arts background? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a, a story, a backstory that I share with all my team constantly. When I'm in the dressing room, I'm putting on my martial arts uniform. I wear a black Under Armour and I stand in the mirror and I kid you not. And it, in, in this black Under Armour, and I look in the mirror, I go, I am the Batman. You know, because I recognize when I put on this uniform and I tie on that black belt, I'm there as an instructor, as a teacher. So you're right. You go through this metamorphosis. I did the same thing when I was a musician. You know, you go through this metamorphosis because we are. We're many layers. We're not just one dimensional people. Uh, And so it's important to recognize that when when I'm a dad, I wear my dad clothes and I behave like a dad. When I'm speaking, I'm a speaker. But I think the commonality through all of that is at the essence we're still who we are, no matter what we wear. But it's fun, right? We like to dress up on Halloween. We we like to role play. It's a cool thing. It's a cool thing. So how does that relate, just kind of moving into what you do, and you have a TED Talk called Happy on Purpose. How does that kind of pull into being happy? Well, my purpose in life is to be happy. And it's discovering what that works for me. Everybody's different, right? Everyone's different. So to spend that journey, that time going inward, we live in a culture where the distractions, the iPad, the cell phone, validate me at social media, all those different things, Heather. And really what I want to do is just at a heart level, at a spiritual level, emotionally, physically, I want to be happy. I want to be happy if I'm sitting there on a beach playing with a rock. I want to be happy if I'm standing in front of a thousand people speaking. And I want to be happy if I'm just playing with my six-year-old. So it really is a state of mind. It's everything I do in my life yeah. is to cultivate those values and tools to, to achieve that. So, so that's where the happy on purpose came I from. I want to go down this road a little bit. A couple of things. I have two questions and you can, of course, dissect them separately or whatever. The first one is what is happy to you? And the second one is, what do you do, not do, or do, you know, when, I don't know, your wife says something that doesn't make you very happy, you know, like, what, those are two questions. I'll let you answer that. Well, I, I think first is defining that nobody in life can make me happy. Happiness is my choice. I mean, there's things people cut you off when you're driving, you know, I was at Disneyland, the happiest place on earth last week. And there are behaviors and stuff may not necessarily be in line with my values, but then I take a life skill like empathy to understand and simply understand, hey, maybe they're having a bad day. And, and unless I'm walking in their shoes, I don't know what's going down. So it helps you not detach in an unhealthy way, but it helps me detach in a very healthy way and using the life skill of empathy. So it allows me that even with my wife and kids, and it's not always easy, right? Because you're in such close proximity with your family all the time. Um, but it really is. When I talk about being happy on purpose, my purpose is to discover at this case right now I'm 56. So to discover today what is happiness at 56, it's not the same when I was 20. Mm-hmm. So really defining that in, in, in the moment right now, I'm happy because I'm with you. Oh, that was you know, and, and, and that's important to me. That's important to me is to know that if I want to get everything I need with you right now. I need to be with you completely, fully. Not what am I going to eat for dinner? What am I going to do? So it is, it's a mindset before you know, we ever connected right now. I sat here and said, my goal, my purpose in life, if I want to be happiest, is to be most present with Heather. So that way I can learn what I need to learn and share what I need to share. Thank you. Thank you for that honor. I appreciate that. I do have a question with that is, is if you were speaking on your TED talk and I have not seen your TED talk and I have suggested anyone to go see it, happy on purpose, Vernon Belisso. But I, I do want to ask the question, what would you define happiness for others? Or what would you request people define happiness? As? I mean, I can't, 
my version of happy or success may not be your version of happiness or success at all. At all. My wife's version of happiness is going on vacation in a five-star hotel. My version of, of vacation is I'm going to go up to the mountains this weekend and sit in the woods. So it's it very, but I think there's commonalities as human being that we should live by values. Uh, I think humility is a wonderful life skill we should all have. And unfortunately, when you hear humility, Western culture thinks being humiliated. No, to have a humble heart and be a humble person is very valuable. Uh, discipline to always do your best. I think we all need to do our best because when we do, whether it's taking out the garbage or something grandiose, if we always do our best job, I believe we feel better about ourselves. So there's certain life skills that we all benefit from universally. I like that. I like that. I'm going to, I'm going to turn, turn it a little and ask you a question. I heard a stat earlier. I'm not going to even try to say what it was, but I'll give you the overview, right? Because I don't remember the exact statement, but the, the overview of the article that I was reading was about the fact that men today um, in our society and in, in, in Western culture are unhappy. Um, they're depressed. They're, they feel beaten down. They don't maybe, I, you know, I'm not going to go into the why. It could be the Me Too movement. I don't know. That wasn't really the part of the article. The article was just kind of have like putting a spotlight on men today don't feel as confident as they have in the past generations, right? And I don't know if you, can you speak to that for, for being in martial arts? And I feel like I, I could say you're a very confident man. You know, what would you say to that? Like what is happening and how to maybe? Well, I think fortunately being 56, I was around a kid in the sixties and I saw the seventies. There was a time when it was okay to open a door. There was a time when it was okay to compliment a woman without thinking it was going to be sexual harassment. So I think, you know, I don't want to say you've neutered men, but in many ways, men are neutered. They can't pull a chair for a woman. They can't pick up the bill. They can't order when you know what, you know, the woman wants to eat and you order for her. Chivalry has been bred out of people. And that, I think, that neuters that innate confidence, you know, that primal confidence that every man deserves and needs. You know, I, I, I find that nowadays, I, I don't want to even say, uh, I did. I, I, you came aboard. I said, wow, she's a really beautiful woman. But I, I'm hesitant to say that openly because it might be misconstrued. Right. So no, it, I, I'm in alignment with that. I'm a Southern girl. I'm from there. Texas, you go. Right. Yeah. So I want the, I just went to the gym earlier for our, our um, we had a, had a backup hour and I went and there was a, a nice man in a truck opened the door for me. I was like, Oh, thank you. You know, was, right. <laughs> like, but unfortunately we don't, we're so hesitant now because you're afraid there's going to be a harassment suit filed on you. You're afraid to compliment. So I think that part, and, and, yeah. and it's very primal men like to hunt, Right. And I said that to my wife, you know, I have to teach our son to hunt. She goes, what do you mean? Out in the forest? I said, no, we hunt. We find a better way to live. We, we find resources to provide for our family, we find, you know, to provide. So there's that sense of hunting that is now being, again, taken away because men think, okay, well, all right, you know, why even bother doing that? Because, uh, you know, let a man be a man in the words of the late great prince. Let a woman be a woman and let a man be a man. There's certain things whether that were great 100 years ago that are great now. You should open a door for a woman. When you walk down the street, she's closest to the wall, so you protect her from any oncoming traffic. I mean, there's just those things that are, are romantic or are, are wonderful that should never, never be taken away. I think they're primal. They are. They are, Heather. They are primal. primal. And And it makes a man stand up straighter and it makes his chest go out a little more. You know, and he feels good. He's protecting his woman. 
you know? Yeah, well, there's truth. And I was asking this question to someone earlier in the week and I said, you know, I said the same thing you said, I'm going to kind of go deeper. I said, you know, I think men forgot that they're hunters, you know? And his response was like, well, you know, he had a response. Well, yeah, but blah, blah. And I think he kind of asked the question, well, what am I hunting now? You know, in our age. Yeah. But see, again, it's not, not, yeah, it's not what, it's not what you're hunting, Heather. It's why it's why you're hunting. Say more. Yeah. Well, the why, I mean, the purpose, you know, uh, why do I hunt? Because it makes me feel alive. Why do I hunt? Because I feel like I'm accomplishing things, right? I'm advancing, right? I mean, nobody wants to be hunted. You'd rather be the hunter. Just like in life, I'd rather be the victor than the victim. And many times in my life growing up, I shared that being in a foster home, being molested, being abused. I was a victim and a victim mindset does not facilitate the success that we strive for as entrepreneurs and even, you know, as human beings. So to go out there and hunt, to go after what you want, be it a job, be it a business you're creating, be it a relationship. That's, that's a good thing. That's why we hunt. It's not why. Okay. It is the why. It is the beyond I'm a hunter. It's like, why are you a hunter? Like if you had a, a, a 14, 15 year old, 16 year old man, you know, young man come up to you and go, what does it mean to be a man now? Like, how would you answer that? Cause it's such a complex question today. Well, my gut answer right away. And, and I'm going to go a little deeper. That's why men pee standing up and women pee sitting down. It just is. But I grew up with four sisters, Heather. So ah. this is, this is a backstory. I didn't know you were supposed to pee standing up until I went to kindergarten. Really? Yeah, because my mom wasn't around. So my sisters and I kind of raised each other and they taught me to pee sitting down. So I, I went to kindergarten. I kid you not. I'm standing in the bathroom going, why is that guy peeing in that funny looking sink over there? I, <laughs> Thank God I didn't go wash my hands in that sink. But it's, it's the truth. So I have the yin and the yang. Growing yeah. up with four women, I think what it means to be a man today is to remember that your sensitivity and your vulnerability and your transparency is what's going to make you strongest. That's the yin to the yang. You know, we try to look at GQ and I got to be macho and stoic and don't express myself and my feelings. That's very detrimental. That's the guy who holds it in for 30, 40 years and wakes up and goes postal. You know, I think we need to express and it's okay to cry. It's okay to be vulnerable. You know, just do it in front of the right people. Yes. Uh, that's, that's important as well. My daddy taught me that crying's healthy. Just make sure you don't do it in front of the wrong people. We're going to look at you as weak and take advantage of you. But crying is healthy. I think men need to tap into their feminine side or their yin side if they're to be a better man. To be a better man, to be able to actually be that confident, confident. Absolutely. Man. Yeah. 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 No, I love this conversation. <laughs> you know, my daughter paints my toenails. I'm a very confident man. Paint away, baby. You know, Paint away. <laughs> yeah, I have no challenge with that. I have no challenge for that. That's true. I love that. That's super awesome. I think one of the things, there was a, a woman I was talking to yesterday. I went on a rant on Facebook and then I took it down. Um, so I won't go on the rant here, but I'll get the context. And it was a woman's group that I was potentially going to be in a seminar with. And we were going down the conversation and she said, there's a lot, and I don't know where she's getting her stats from, but she said that women today are very upset and they're very depressed and they're, I don't know, like she was just kind of going on this whole rant and I, I didn't want to ask her where her stats were. Cause that's not my experience of women right now. Uh, but I, I wanted to say, well, you know, that might be because women have been, I mean, use your word, neutering men. <laughs> you know? So I think that I know for myself, if I'm around a 
uh, a weak man, I, I don't enjoy it. I don't enjoy the, the process. I don't enjoy being with that energy. I actually enjoy the uh, being around a confident man. Now, confidence doesn't mean a-hole, right? No, confidence. not at all. Right. So uh, confidence allows me to be able to kind of relax, feeling protected in some way and, and whatnot. What would you, do you, do you agree with that? I'm just going to get your take on, on that. You know, again, I have four sisters, so I interact with women all the time. The percentage of my team in both my businesses are women. Um, I, I really believe that, you know, from the days of Helen Reddy, I am woman, hear me roar, you know, is that be a woman, you know, it's okay. It's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to ask a man to protect me. It's okay to, to do that. And, and I think, again, look at The Bachelorette. Look at freaking soap operas. Just put down the Vogue magazine. Stop reading that stuff. Turn off The Bachelorette and, and take that time and ask yourself, what is it that I need? I see you're very clear. You like to be protected. You're very clear. You love a confident man. You didn't get that watching The Bachelorette, did you? No. So that's what I'm saying. The, the distractions from ourselves all via social media, via, you know, again, Vogue magazine, or in my case, GQ, or watching The Bachelor, things like that. They're so skewed. They're not reality shows. There's nothing real about it no. at all. So no. to get real, to get real, I agree with you. I think at a very primal level, every woman wants a confident man, or at least they're equal, mm-hmm. or at least they're equal, whatever that might mean for that but it really requires you know you got to let down your hair and you got to be okay with being vulnerable i need a hug right now yeah. whether both ways i'll say that to my wife i need a hug i need a hug stop what you're doing give me a hug i love that and and, and that's, that's true that's but it is and that's it you know because we're so afraid yeah i think we live in this fear this state of fear and if i make choices based upon fear heather i'm always going to make bad choices Always, yeah. But it takes a lot of courage. Somebody was saying that today. I read your book. Man, you, you have your butt in the wind there. You're totally exposed to the world. I would never do that. I'm afraid to do that and being exposed. Again, it just takes so much energy to perpetrate a fraud. If I'm spending all my energy, pomp and circumstance, look at me. Man, that's such a waste of energy. But if you can just you know, drop your hair down and just be who you are, then you can spend your energy and time on the real things we need to do to get to our better versions of ourselves. I agree with that. And when I wrote my book, my book, Book Sexy Boss, about bankruptcy, it was uh, very vulnerable because I didn't want people to know that I failed. But I did, you know? Okay. Yeah. But okay. Here's my example. I told this to my nine-year-old the other day, real quick. Steph Curry, the most proficient three-point shooter in the NBA, correct? Mm -hmm. He makes 53% of those three-pointers. So that means he misses the other 47% of the time. Failure is part of success. You and I both know that. It's, I can see it in your eyes. Failure is part of success. It's part of it. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah, um, I, I filed bankruptcy at 26. I mean, it happens. It just happens. Yeah, I just happens. that one of those goal cast things on Robert Downey Jr. Talk about succeeding and failing, succeeding and failing. Right? He's, yeah. had, he's had some serious, you know, he slammed his, no kidding, car into all kinds of stuff. <laughs> so failing. No Man, failing is part of success. I embrace my failures like a best friend because there's some of the best life lessons in what is so-called failures, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I don't look at failing as failing. Right. I, I know. I agree with that. I just recently did a comedy show. I stood up and did a com- comedy Oh, wow. Thanks. Good for you. And you talk about staring at fear of rejection. 
know, that was what I was dealing with. Right. Cause I mean, you deal with that. You and anyone deals with that all the time, but even standing in front of like Ted talk and doing 10 minutes for happy on purpose and your book, I'm in being so vulnerable, you know, there is a potential fear. I'm not saying you had that, but I know for myself, if I did that, there'd be a potential fear of like someone will reject me after they hear my personal story. Well, again, whatever we focus on expands, right? I'm afraid of heights. So I jumped out of an airplane. I went bungee jumping. I, you know, I recognize we're all going to be afraid, yeah. but when I allow that fear to stop me, Heather, then that's when I'm not happy anymore. And I want to be happy. And, ha- and, and you want to talk about empowerment. If you're afraid of heights, jump out of an airplane, right? No, it's great. Yeah. I have a fear of rejection. So I, um, as far as forcing people to, to, to laugh, I guess. Right. So I still, I did it and I stood on a stage and, and made people laugh for five minutes. Right. But there was this massive amount of rejection. What if I couldn't do it? What if they didn't laugh? I'm not funny. You know, all those different things, you know, cause there's a pressure. If I'm speaking out to you or on stage or whatever, there's no pressure. I'm just sharing stories. But when like, it's specific for me, comedy, if I'm standing on stage for five minutes and people are staring at me like, okay, entertain me, make me laugh. I'm like, oh my God, there's pressure. You know what I mean? So <laughs> there's this huge pressure. So, um, on your happy and purpose on your Ted talk, was that, was that, um, cause I know there's different versions of Ted talk. Was it local in San Francisco? Was it LA? It was local. Yeah. It was local yeah. in San Francisco. Okay, yeah. good. It was but a local still, event. Yeah. They're still yeah. great. Right. Um, so tell us about that whole talk. I'm just curious. Like what, what happy on purpose, the why, can you go a little more deeper into the why? Yeah. I mean, some of the, it's really about my version of what it takes to be happy. And one of the things I shared in that Ted talk was I know what it's like to be unhappy growing up the victim. I lived unhappy. I, I used to listen to this Billie Holiday song. I'm glad to be unhappy. You know, she was the torch singer who was always just moaning and groaning and how horrible life is and dating some guy that was messing around on her. And, you know, that was Billie Holiday, but that was one of her songs. I'm glad to be unhappy. So that's the other end of the spectrum that I lived on. So it was really about peeling away the layers and figuring out, well, what does make me happy? And I realized it's a skill set. We choose to be happy, right? I've woken up in bad moods many times, but it's my choice if I stay there a minute an hour, a day, a week, a month, and so forth and so forth. And if you have a skill set, you can change that mindset. You can disrupt that mindset, Heather, and go from bummed out to being really happy. And when I first learned that was kids. Watch kids. One minute they're crying and next minute it's like, is that the same kid I just saw a minute ago? So kids right. are really, you know, masters of that. So what happens, you know, I want to ask a different question. How is someone listening going, okay, that sounds like you have it down. They're a stud, but I don't have it down. How would, can you give them a tip, tick strategy, stand on your head? How would you do that? I think starting each day in, in, with a mindset of gratitude. You know, one of my mentors said, every, above, every day above ground is a good day. If that's the most base reason I can find to be grateful, we need to find a reason to be grateful, no matter what that is. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I have a really bad knee for martial arts, but when I wake up, Instead of focusing on my bad knee, I'm grateful I have a leg. And as the saying goes, I I complained I had no shoes until I saw a man with no feet. So gratitude is so important, so important in being happy. It's that's that's very accurate. There's a lot of um, in Austin. I'm in Austin, which is a mini San Fran, as they say. And they um, there's a lot of homeless guys here, homeless people here, um, unfortunately. And so part of 
part of what I've been doing lately is uh, like, I just gave one of the guys, he's got dogs. So I just gave him a bunch of dog food that I wouldn't go out. And then I have now water in my car and it's like, you know, hand it now. I just kind of hand it out. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, cause I just feel like there's something to be grateful for every time that I give something it's small, right. It's water, but uh, it's a bottle of water, but at least it feels like, okay, I'm somehow making a difference and I'm grateful for that. I'm able to, to give them something and also being grateful for myself. Every time I do it, I feel grateful that of what I have. Well, I think beyond that, what you're saying to that person, it's not a bottle of water. It's saying, Hey, I I acknowledge you. You're a human being and your situation may be different than mine, but you know, we're all in this thing together to some extent, six degrees of separation. And I've lived in third world countries and I know what poor is. I know what homeless is. I've witnessed the poverty in other countries. Mm -hmm. So we do, we have a lot to be grateful for here. But can you find that? I was in Disneyland and watching people being unhappy going, wow, you're supposed to be in the happiest place on earth. And you're, <laughs> you're, 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 you're mad because you don't get cotton candy. You have to stand in a line. It's like, wow. So again, is your cup half full or half empty? Right. I, I, I've gotten to the mindset. Well, I, I don't think it's, it's, it's neither. I have a pitcher that I can go to a well and constantly fill up this pitcher and have this unlimited resource to keep filling those cups. So what do you do on a daily basis? Do you have a particular uh, structure to help? Absolutely. Okay, what is, do you mind sharing? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm very big on processes and systems. I mean, cultures have shown it historically. There's rituals, systems. We need systems. That's what drives my businesses. We have processes that promote our culture and our why, and the team delivers it. Every morning when I wake up, first thing I do is I breathe in, and I say mentally, I am grateful. I'm breathing. I breathe out, and I say, I am grateful. I breathe in, I say, I am breathing, I breathe out, I go through my gratitude list, my health, my prosperity, my challenges, my family, my team, um, everything. I go through all of it and until I'm finally in a state of mind of positivity and gratitude. So when I, my two feet hit the ground, I'm already in, in the right mindset. So that's number one. And we need those rituals. Consistency is the key to quality. So if you consistently execute certain rituals in your life, even time-based, the morning rituals are the same. I have a different set of night rituals when I lay down at the end of the night. So it's important to have those. Do you teach that? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I have Stanford Medical Center coming up in a couple of weeks and I will teach them just that. Everything's a mindset and that's the brilliant thing about it. And here's the power of the mind. You ever thought something about somebody you knew to be truth and you had it so set in your mind only to find out you were totally wrong? Oh, of course. But imagine how real it was in that moment. Yeah. That's a small example on a daily basis of what the power of the mind can do. I've done that. I know that person did this, 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 only to find out I was a hundred million percent wrong. That showed me, wow, the ability of what our minds can create. So we can create happiness. We really can. We can create gratitude and it's out of nothing. It comes out of nothing. I hope that you can teach that to our political system right now. That's a you know, conversation. Oh. I mean, I truly believe if women ran this world, it wouldn't be in the situation it's in. And, and, and I do it. I, I walk in rooms with people and if it, it, it needs to stop being a whose peepee is bigger than whose peepee. Yeah. You know, if right. they can stop that stuff and get to the real work. And that, yeah, Dalai Lama said it really well. We don't need more successful people. We need people of empathy. We need people, you know, that are healers. We need more of them. We do. We need more healers helping people heal. Do you you work more with men or women or just in general? It's not. No, fortunately, because of who I am and having grown up with four sisters, I I believe I have a kinship with both sides and they feel very comfortable working with me. 
Do you find when you're working with men, are you finding that you're doing a lot of work in the healing side of healing them and healing wounds? Yeah, I think with men, it's about letting them know it's okay, right? I don't drink, so I don't do anything like that. I can't shimmy up to a bar with the client and go, hey, dude, how's it going? How about those Lakers or those 49ers? You know, we don't have those kind of conversations. It's just really about getting real. And in my lifetime, in my journeys, I've stood in the woods naked beating a drum. I've done it all to try to figure out what works for me. But I think it's really about with men, allowing them, giving them that, that carte blanche to experiment and to be and, and to do those different things on whatever path to get there. You know, men are very stoic. I must do this. I must bring in the paycheck. Da, 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 da. And, and when the day's done, I don't think that's what we're here to do. I don't. No, I don't. no. I think there's more than that in connecting with the yin and yang within themselves and connecting to the yin and yang and their partner or whatnot. Right. So I completely concur with that. That's pretty awesome. Um, well, I want to acknowledge the time that we're out. <laughs> no, but, man. Uh, and I uh, want to make sure people know where they can find you. It's BrannonReliso.com. Spell that for you. B-R-A-N-N-O-N-B-E-L-I-S-O.com. Why don't you say it just in case I'm not saying it. Yes, ma'am. BrannonBeliso.com. Nice. I love that. And check him out also on TED Talk, Happy on Purpose. Feel free to search that, I'm sure, on YouTube um, and find him on Amazon as well. What's the name of your book? The book is called Live, Learn, Grow. Uh, lessons of a reluctant tiger and and it's at if you want it in kindle uh, i actually got to narrate that book the audio version in georgia lucas's original studio where him and spielberg conceptualized jurassic park and star wars that's so that, cool. that that was very cool yeah that's really cool i sat I in the theater that. where they created thx so Ooh, that's cool i yeah. think it's great that the, that your um subtitle your sub headline is about a tiger well it is because i am a tiger but, you know, I'm reluctant too. when we learn these life's lessons, sometimes I'm drug kicking and screaming into that lesson. So we are reluctant, you know, we are reluctant, but if we give way and, and, and long story, I'll give you a real quick story. Suckerfish, their whole life was sucking on the bottom of the river. They hung onto these rocks because they were told if I let go of the rock, the current's going to crash me on the rocks. I'm going to die. So one day the fish said, Hey, you know, I don't want to deal with this anymore. So he let go. And first he fought the current, right? He was getting smashed. Then he let go and stopped fighting it. He rose to the top of the river and he was heading downstream. He didn't know where he was going, but at least he wasn't sucking onto that rock leading that existence. So it's the same thing here. You got to let go. You got to let go and be willing to let go, right? Yeah, that can be scary when you don't know where you're going. Yeah, but the best part about being lost is being found. So it's all good. Okay, you're going to be one of those people I call... (laughs) Like, yes, ma'am. If you give me like some Eastern philosophy right now. You're like, yes, ma'am. I love that. Wow, you're awesome. Uh, all right, everyone. This is Heather Havenwin. Go check um, Brandon out at brandonbeliso.com as well as his TED Talk, Happy on Purpose. All right, everyone. This is Heather Havenwood. Check us out at heatherhavenwood.com. Bye. Excellent. Thank you. Hey, it's Heather. Is your digestion feeling off? Are you often hungry even though you're eating enough and taking supplements? Are you struggling to burn off that last bit of stubborn fat that will not go away no matter how hard you diet or exercise? I guess I'm talking about myself here. See, it might be your gut. It was mine. That's why I am so excited to announce that P3OM, the Navy SEAL of probiotics, is now available at energywithheather.com. Look, tens of thousands of real people, including myself, 
has used P3OM to manage constipation, bloating, gas, acid reflux, abdominal pain, and much more. Look, as you'll learn when you go to energywithheather.com, P3OM uses unique and patent strand that has been proven in lab tests to deliver the right bacteria to your gut. So your body has what it needs to let go of all that fat. So look, what are you waiting for? Go to energywithheather.com. That's energywithheather.com. Thank you for listening to The Win with Heather Havenwood. Interested in coaching with Heather? Go to heatherhavenwood.com and sign up for a business discovery consultation. Here is your free gift for listening. Get three audio chapters of Heather's book, Sexy Boss, How Women Empowerment is Changing the Rulebook, when you text the word sexy to 7200. Again, text the word sexy, that is S-E-X-Y, to 7200, and receive your three audiobook chapters. Number is good only in North America. This is a sexy boss rap. This podcast is a copyright of Havenwood Worldwide, LLC.